Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, and I am streaming live from the, my personal podcast studio in Moses Lake, and I am super excited to have Dr. Yazan Abdullah on today. I've been following him on Twitter, and we speak a lot of the same language, so I, I really love it. And you're going to learn basically about men's health. Um, he specializes in men's health and how important hormone restoration and optimization is um, as we age with men. So without further ado, Dr. Abdullah, welcome to our show. Hi, thank you for, very much for having me. This is an excellent platform and uh, I couldn't think of a better way to just uh, try to spread my message. Yeah, yeah. So first of all, as I can see and as our um, um, viewers can see, um, you know, you're a doctor that actually tells your patients to be healthy and you're healthy yourself. And Yes, um, right. I will, as much yeah, as I right. And I will tell you, I think that's, that's an issue in healthcare, how doctors or healthcare professionals in general you know, we're supposed to preach to our patients about health. And, you know, I think maybe you will agree. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but healthcare professionals are usually some of the most unhealthy people oh, yeah. in America. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I kind of make comments sometimes. It's like, if you, if you want to see how unhealthy healthcare workers are, go into a hospital <laughs> at lunchtime, right? right, right and right. go have lunch at a hospital and see all the, all the workers there that, that right. are morbidly obese. It's right. And, you know, and metabolically unhealthy and it's not, it's not good. Um, right. 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 So it's, it's everything, you know, they, they look 20 years older than their age. Their, their posture right. appears, you know, to be non-physiologic. And uh, so it's not just their metabolic disease, uh, their skin, how dry it is. And, you know, they're, it's just, they're generally not very, very healthy people. And then a lot of them have a lot of substance abuse issues, uh, extreme stress and inability to cope with the stress. They themselves haven't seen a doctor in a long time. God knows what they have, you know, uh, brewing in them. So, you know, yeah, of course, they have all of that is true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So tell us, how you got into um, doing men's health. Tell us a little bit about your history of, of, of medical school and then how you got into men's health exclusively because that's kind of all you do now. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, of course, every, um, every man who's trying to go from internal medicine into uh, hormone replacement or men's health, um, you know, they, they, they try to transition and their goal is that their entire patient population is going to be that group but it ends up being a little bit more gradual. And at this point, I would say most of my patients happily, happily are, you know, the type of patients who are coming to me for doing the things that I love doing the most. But I do have a small, a very small group of patients who, for whom I'm still doing primary care. So yeah. I started doing primary care in 2018, and I was doing it on the uh, gay men's community in Orange County. And if you do primary care with the gay men's community, well, you're going to learn HIV care. That's just what yeah. it just comes with it. And if you learn HIV care, well, then you're going to have to learn about uh, testicular impairment. Because uh, a lot of times, if HIV itself didn't impair the testicle, um, the uh, tenofovir will uh, impair the testicle, which is part of... Um, two medicines, one of them given for an HIV positive person and the other one given for an HIV negative person as PrEP. So whether you are HIV positive or negative, if you're a gay man, there's a lot of reasons uh, for you to have testicular impairment. Now, having said that, uh, that population also, uh, in that population, men um, 
there's a different culture. Guys want to look good when they're older. Guys still feel that they got a lot of ammo uh, when they're older. They they there's they don't have the same heteronormative um, you know constraints in their relationships and how they look at life. And so everybody wants to be fit and look good and happy until they're 80. That's kind of the attitude. Um, so with that, you kind of pick up hormone replacement as part of what right. uh, of what you do for them. Now, I was doing that. And then at some point, I just realized that, wait a second, it's actually impossible for me to do appropriate and safe hormone replacement therapy on these men if I'm having to deal with 10 other medical problems. It's just... I don't, I don't have the stamina. I don't, there's no time. Right. So, so then I, I thought to myself, okay, well, well, there's a reason why people specialize in that, that that's the reason. And then I did a lot of research to look around me on who is actually doing this so that maybe I can go work for them. That's what I thought. But then, uh, I would see all these, what I call TRT mills. That's what I call them. So a TRT mill basically is a place you go, there's a huge waiting room, uh, they have a large volume of patients uh, of all ages, generally on the older side. You go there, you get your shot. Sometimes it's once every two weeks, sometimes it's once a week, uh, and then you leave. Uh, generally, there's a physician assistant or a nurse practitioner who's doing it, super, supervised by some doctor somewhere, either there or not even present uh, physically. And so I said, well, you know, um, I kind of don't want this because um, I was trying to develop the kind of practice where I would be a patient. And the kind of practice where I would like to be a patient is, I don't want you to give me very little testosterone because that's what they tell you on uptodate.com. I want you to give me the testosterone that gives me the best results without side effects such as polycythemia or things like that. Like I want you to cater it to my body and my tolerance of it. And I don't want you to let my estrogen go up and down. I want the same estrogen I had before being on testosterone. So where is that, where is that frequent monitoring? Where is that going to come from? And if my balls shrink, I want you to give me HCG. And if they keep shrinking with the HCG, I want you to give me a higher dose of HCG. <laughs> and, and, and if it's costly, well, I don't care. I, it's my business. It's my problem. I, I want to pay the extra. And if, and, and if the dose is higher than the indicated one for testicular atrophy, but still lower than the max for fertility, okay, I might need the max if it's not working. Who cares? So, you know, and if, and if my B12 and vitamin D is low, well, you got to handle that too, because all of these come together. So this is kind of what I was looking at. And if my hair starts falling, I don't want to go somewhere else to handle it. I want you to have all the options that if, you know, from oral minoxidil to whatever. So um, that's kind of the practice that I created. It's something that I would like for myself. And slowly, people are agreeing and we're getting the type of clients we, we like. I love it. So now, where are you located? So we are in uh, 272 Southwest Birch Street, uh, Suite 200. That's in Newport Beach, California, um, by uh, all the major highways. So, And are you? do you uh, only see patients in California and only live in your clinic, or do you do telehealth? So... so <laughs> Of course, you have to ask that question. So, uh, so during the COVID uh, pandemic, uh, I was getting patients left and right from everywhere. And uh, I was seeing all of them. And uh, prior to the pandemic, I had patients who lived in California. So they saw me in California, but with the pandemic, they left. And so throughout the pandemic, I was doing telemedicine, 
with former California patients and just non-former California patients. And now, of course, that they rolled back these rules when it comes to cross-state licensing, uh, I'm having I'm having myself having to kind of scale back and tell some some of these patients, especially the ones who didn't start with me in California. Right. Other know, hey, you know, we're gonna do this this one time, but just to let you know, this is not really this is not really very legal. So, um, which is a shame. So, to answer your question, at this time, only California patients. Yeah, and I and I wish they, you know, it, I, I wish they would relax those rules full time. Right. 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 You know, telemedicine is it, it's just a reality in medicine right. now. Right. Whether you like it or not. Right. Yeah. And I mean, there's certain things, as you know, being a doctor that, you know, probably shouldn't be televisits. But I mean, most of the things, especially hormone optimization. I mean, you know, you don't really have to physically put your hands on the patient. So. Right. I, I, I completely agree with you. I could, yeah. the, 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 the purpose of the, vid, of the visit in the context of hormone replacement is just because uh, testosterone is a controlled substance. Yeah. If it, right. believe me, if it wasn't, you know, even that visit is, I mean, I can tell you everything right here. You can tell me everything and that's that. So I, I do, I'll be honest with you though. I do like the personal connection that you get with a face-to-face visit with a patient. It is, it There's is, about uh, it. yeah, there, there really is. So, um, yeah. So you talked about polycythemia. Yes. We, we, we talk about that a lot. And, and if you can kind of explain what that is yeah. to um, our listeners and viewers and does Absolutely. testosterone cause it? Yes. Okay. So um, polycythemia is just a fancy term to describe that the blood has too many red blood cells. So um, for the uninitiated, red blood cells uh, carry oxygen uh, from your lungs and you bring it into your lungs by breathing. And then they carry it from your lungs to distribute it everywhere else because every part of your body uses oxygen to, uh, to burn fuel. So that's what red blood cells do. Say they're good. Red blood cells are good for us. Now, when somebody is on testosterone, testosterone is what we consider an anabolic hormone, meaning when you're on it and there's enough nutrition in the body, it will induce a period of growth. Now, growth periods, whether they're happening in your muscle or your bone, obviously with testosterone, it's not going to be bone, it's your muscle that's growing. And so growth periods are costly. They're very taxing energy-wise. And so it only makes sense for the body to react by making extra red blood to shovel in the extra oxygen that's going to be used for this expensive, costly, you know, quick building that is happening in the body. So we like that. That's why when you put somebody on testosterone and everything is going well, you look at their face, they've got this glow, you know, kind of, you know, not totally, totally red, but they got that youthful glow, that little pink color under, under their skin. So that's all good. There's nothing wrong with that. And in fact, if we look at their blood counts, we see we see biochemical evidence of that. For example, someone's hemoglobin was 13. Now we see it at 15, okay? We might see it at 16, okay? Or 16 and a half, something like that. Even 17. Now you get a dude who is who is appearing really red. We've all seen them at the gym. There's that dude, uh, super, super jacked, around 20s or 30s years old. Max, max they would be in their 30s. But, you know, they're jacked, their veins are sticking out everywhere, and they are red as a tomato. All right, so when you you check the blood for that guy, the hemoglobin generally is not going to be 13. It's going to be 18, 19, sometimes, sometimes even 20. So that's blood that is too thick. So whether you consider it cosmetically appealing or whatever, that's blood that is too thick 
too much for whatever anabolic situation is going on. You don't need that much blood. And it's thick to a point that it can actually clot. And if it clots in your head, you know, you get a stroke. If it clots in your heart, you get a heart attack. Young people um, will also get strokes and heart attacks from this situation. They are less likely to do so, however, because in young people, all the organs have still functional organ reserve. So you can basically do a lot of damage without experiencing anything as a young man. But, you know, at 45 or plus, uh, a polycythemia beyond, you know, beyond, beyond 17, 18, beyond 53.5 hematocrit, I would say that's a time when we need to figure out, okay, are we going to give you a little aspirin? Are we going to split your testosterone dose into two uh, twice a week? Are we going to send somebody to your house to dump some blood? Uh, we got we to start, do, start doing something. Um, so uh, interestingly, though, uh, polycythemia was thought before to also be responsible for the uh, reported high blood pressure with testosterone in terms of the polycythemia causes in increased diastolic bl blood pressure. But that's actually not a very, um, not a very good connection. I have, I have men who are, who are polycythemic, low blood pressure, and I have men who don't have polycythemia and have high, high blood pressure. So, but if you have high blood pressure, polycythemia is definitely not helping you. All right. So your, your number, your magic number is 53.5 for hematocrit. And after yeah, that, yeah. Sorry, at 54%, I'm, I'm beginning to think. I'm beginning okay. to think, okay, I need to do something. Under 54%, even if it's high, I'm, I'm just waiting and waiting. So explain, explain, because um, sometimes um, patients that live at, not sometimes, but patients that live at altitude, yeah, they'll also get a, an increased hematocrit, correct? Yes. And it's, it's not necessarily from the same reason, and we don't ask them to actually give blood or think they're going to have a heart attack. Is that correct? Can you explain the difference? Um, that's a very good question. So let's see. So when somebody is in high altitude, they need to actually make more blood. So they do have polycythemia, and the hematocrit is, is definitely elevated. Um, I would think that if they are not hydrated enough, that their blood is just as likely to clot. I can't see of a different physiology here, but that is an awesome question for me to, um, uh, to look up and get back to you. Well, that's one thing I always think about when, and, and, you know, I typically, we, as a pharmacist, we, we don't, um, usually do injections. We, um, do a cream and I don't see people's hematocrits going that high with creams. Um, and so I don't typically see them in the 50s, 53 range, you know, but I've always wondered, it's like, if you see a COPD patient um, who is, you know, has to make more red blood cells to actually, right. you know, their, their hematocrits will go up. Right. Um, right. And, and, you know, if we ask them to give blood, they would feel not very good. Same thing with people living at altitude. They're compensating. So that's why their blood, that's why their hematocrit is going up. So I sometimes wonder, I think in a traditional sense, Dr. Abdullah, with traditional doctors, I think they get a little bit too concerned and they don't even like hematocrit over 50. And I just oh, yeah, think, that's too, yeah, that's too much. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I mean, and then, so then those patients will give blood and because they're on testosterone, they got a hematocrit of 50, they give blood and they feel like crap for 10 days. Well, of course they right. do. 
Right. So, because they needed it. Right. 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 And I think that's, you know, that one, that, that might be one of the reasons, like you say, why testosterone makes us feel better because it makes, it makes more red blood cells. That right. might be one right. reason it feels exactly. better, right? Exactly. Especially um, for men who are anemic. Exactly. Right. Anemic. Yeah, exactly. And there's plenty of them. There's plenty of guys, anemia of chronic disease. Even if you fix all of their nutrients, they still have any anemia of chronic disease. You get them testosterone, bam, you get, you know, they, they, right. they, they bloom. And that's or, and, and that's actually where the energy is coming from. So, because you know how like a lot of people go for testosterone for energy purposes. So, and a lot of these anemic men, a huge part of getting energy on testosterone is actually getting the energy from the excess blood. Makes sense, right? Right. I mean, you're carrying more oxygen. It makes a lot right. more sense. Right. So, but that's also why it's important to go to a doctor that specializes in testosterone, like yourself. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. You know how to monitor these things and, and um, you know, know how to dose these things. So Yes. Yeah. Um, so tell us about – you talked a little bit about testosterone and you kind of hit on it with polycythemia. But tell us about testosterone and heart attacks then. Does, okay. does testosterone cause heart attacks? Uh, yes and no. Okay. So, um, so not to confuse you. Um, testosterone and nandrolon, which are the two um, – easily identifiable, uh, identifiable anabolic steroids in the human body. So the male human testicle makes testosterone for the most part, like 99.9%, and then a 0.1% nandrolon. And both of these have uh, strong anabolic and androgenic effects. Nandrolon has 10 times the an anabolic effect of testosterone and 10 times less uh, the androgenic effect. However, nandrolon has 10 times the cardiotoxic effect of testosterone. So what is this, what is this cardiotoxicity? What, what does that mean? Well, apparently the androgen receptor interacts with the mTOR system. Uh, in the in, in the cardiac myocyte, and that interaction with time uh, is more promoting growth and proliferation, um, and as a result of that, some of the cardiomyocyte uh, might start remodeling. And whenever you remodel uh, a muscle, it's just never the same. Which doesn't really matter if you're remodeling your biceps. You just want strength from your biceps and size. You don't care about the, the remodeling process of the fibers of the, of the muscle. But when it comes to your heart, you don't want anything remodeled. When you remodel stuff, the heart is not going to pump the right way. And whenever the heart doesn't pump the right way, it becomes prone to things like ventricular fibrillation. So a lot of times, cardiotoxicity is not a heart attack. It is actually an abnormal you know, rhythm specifically VFib. So a lot of these young men who are, they're saying that they're dying, dying of massive heart attacks, and a lot of them are, but a lot of them also are dying from VFib. Now, who's getting those? Okay, so who's getting the VFib and who's getting the heart attacks? So I told you about the VFib mechanism. As far as the heart attack mechanism, so that one is strictly related to the degree of polycythemia, and also uh, the, the thrombotic potential with anabolic steroids. Now you're thinking like, wait a second. So are you telling me that testosterone 
is in addition to giving you polycythemia, it's making our red blood cells sticky? That sucks. Okay. Well, it does at a certain dose. Right. So for example, if you're giving the patient 100 milligrams a week or up to even 600 milligrams a week, you see how big of a window you have? 100, 200, 300, 100 to 600 milligrams a week. You're good. You're good there. Okay. There is no thrombophilia in this situation. You're going to have to look at the polycythemia in the labs. The polycythemia is tricky. Some men, I swear, you give them a fuck ton of testosterone, their blood cells do not budge. Yeah. And some men, you give them a teeny tiny bit, teeny tiny bit, and the polycythemia is out of control. So with the polycythemia, not, not always dose predict predictable. You actually have to test them. So that's that. But with the thrombophilic effect, we're talking about higher doses. We're talking 800 milligrams a week. So those guys who are falling like flies from massive heart attacks are taking 800 a week or more. Now you're thinking, well, who the fuck takes 800 milligrams a week of testosterone? I mean, how do you even put all that volume in? So those are, those are guys who are going to take, you know, um, cattle anabolic steroids. You know, they'll do Tran, they'll do uh, uh, Sustanon, they'll do DECA, and they'll do TEST, and then they do a little bit of each. And then the funny thing about them is that when you talk to those guys, they, they give you the milligrams separately. They don't understand that it's all anabolic and you're supposed to add all the milligrams. And that's how you know how much push you're, you're putting on your body. And almost always, 800 is actually the, 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 the lower end they go for. I mean, the doses out there in uh, New York City and Atlanta and LA is, are, are just phenomenal. You don't understand how these guys are walking. Uh, they're just walking, you know, waiting to explode. So these doses are the ones that cause a polycythemia so extreme that it becomes, that, that it causes a clot. And now you have, in addition to the polycythemia, the actual thrombophilic effect of the anabolic steroids. They make your blood vessels and platelets very sticky. So that's how you get the, um, the massive heart attack. And those guys love the look. They like the ruddy look. They like the extreme vascular look. And when, when, you, when you take them aside and have a conversation with them, they'll be honest with you. They'll tell you, you know what, dude? I don't care if I die at 55. I'm cool with that. It's yeah. like that's their philosophy. So, And, and you know, I'm all for I'm all for liberty. If that, you know, if they yeah, want to make exactly. the choice, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, you want to be a monster? Right. That's fine. Yeah. Right. But let's talk honestly about it. I mean, my personal opinion is I don't think it's healthy. Um, no, it's not. You know, and I mean, even when you look at, you know, typically what you're talking about is the body, you know, the, the competitive, right. you know, at a, at a national um, level bodybuilder is what you're talking about. And, and those guys aren't healthy. I mean, they might right. think they look good. And I suppose that, a lot of men, we compare ourselves to them, but they're not they're not healthy by any means. No, I completely um, agree. I completely agree. And, and and in my opinion, as as a pharmacist that specializes in hormone replacement, all the stuff they're taking, it, it, it is like you say, I don't know how they live. I mean, I don't know how they stay alive. They have um, many good genes. <laughs> I, I know. I mean, I've seen some of their or heard about. I mean, they're not my patients, but some of the doses of you know, because they take insulin, of course. Uh, yeah, I know, I know that is a whole 20, I mean, for a non-diabetic, they're taking 25 to 50 units of insulin per meal. It's like, holy crap. How do you live? Right, and right. so anyway, my personal opinion is, is that when it comes to hormonal placement in general, and there's, you know, other opinions out there, um, 
really, as a man, you need testosterone and DHEA. Those are the two main hormones you need to stay healthy. And that's that's the hormones that we produce in our body ourselves anyway. Right, we just don't right. produce as much as we get older. Right. Um, you know, right. and one thing I like to remind people about is when if we dose people in a dose that is um, healthy and we just try to get them back to, you know, to be in their twenties or thirties and we get to try to be, be, get them back to that level. If we think about that, you know, 20 year old and 30 year old men, or let's just say this, a 19, a 19 year old man is usually, you know, our testosterone is the highest when we're 19, you know, or so, right. When we're in our young twenties or late, late teens, our testosterone is really high. Yes. And, and men don't have heart attacks when they're 19 right. in general. Right. So right. testosterone does not cause heart attacks. Or prostate cancer for that matter. Yes. Exactly. I was going to say, that's our next, that's our next, yeah. right. That's yeah. our next topic. Testosterone and prostate cancer. Same thing. Right. If testosterone caused prostate cancer, 19 year old men would be getting prostate cancer. Yeah. Their exactly. testosterone are high. Yeah. So it is a dosing issue for sure. And other substances. So, you know, you, you can't, compare in when you say steroid or even anabolic steroid that's a very broad term right right broad term so you know we have to really get into the details of it and at what dose exactly are are these people taking so exactly exactly and you know all these uh a lot of people who are very uh, you know professionals who are celebrities and you know they're big and jacked and everything um a, a lot of them are still on black market anabolic steroids even though they're jacked and they have the resources, but you know, because their, their doctor is probably not going to prescribe, you know, 800 milligrams of testosterone to them because right. the doctor can't get away with it, even if they want to. Uh, so that, you know, so they're also getting their shit from the black market, which okay. is of course, usually either having impurities or it's cattle uh, anabolic steroids that have maybe a much higher anabolic profile because we want our cattle to be huge, uh, but not the same, uh, uh, cardiovascular safety profile so right and and then there again that, that's why it's important to go to a doctor that knows these things and 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 not from your buddy in the gym that's you know that's handed out stuff um right that's something to stay away right. from right, right? And, and and one of the very common misconception among uh, uh uh men especially younger men is that well doctors are useless for this because they're limited in their dosing so you're not going to get the results you want actually with 400 milligrams a week, okay? So if you take, uh, usual testosterone is one ml, uh, uh, 200 milligram per ml. So if you take one ml twice a week for three to four months, which actually is falls within what the doctor can prescribe, that is so much testosterone. You can, you can do whatever the fuck you want with that. If, you, if you're eating right, exercising right, that's all you need, you know? So when you take anything extra, you're just adding androgenic effects. You're just adding more possible side effects and more polycythemia without without the extra benefit. Yeah, I I, I agree with you 100. So um, as we as we wrap this podcast up, um, Doctor Abdullah, what is your passion? What do you have a passion for? Uh, well, my passion is TRT, and we know we're <laughs> talking about that. So, that, um, hence, hence the name on Twitter, TRT King, right? Yes, yes. Uh, by the way, I, I did have my real name there, but uh, at some point, I made a comment about long, long COVID, and people attacked my uh, business. They put on fake reviews. They brought down my ratings, and so I was like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have my real name in there. So that, so I came up with TRT King. So, and you, uh, and you, I'm sorry that happened to you. Unfortunately. Yes. You know, when we speak truth, we get we get censored on 
account yeah. on social media. So yes. I'm sorry that happened to you. Oh, thank you. So my my other my other hobby is that I really really um, I, I'm really very interested in metabolism. So if there's a new book that comes out on metabolism, you know, I'm reading it. And uh, I have a uh, YouTube channel, and I'm trying to uh, take complex information and and package it in a simplified manner and present it to people. Um, I'm also uh, I'm also very very um, interested in healthcare law and business uh, oh. politics, the discussion because you know these things are related to what we do and things like right. that. Um, I have an interest in um, uh, psychedelic research, and um, I love I love plants too. I'm a big plant guy, and I and my favorite flower is the uh, old school carnation with the with the scent. Not the big one. Really? Really? I would have guessed. I mean, I'm not a botanist or plant guy very much, but uh, yeah. that seems to be a pretty simple plant, right? When I yeah. would think about yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's a very, and it's very hardy, but it's really hard to get the original one that has the scent. The, the Is that right? The carnation. Yeah. And most Americans don't know that the carnation has a scent. It has a, it has a wonderful, sweet, spicy scent to it. Awesome. So what's the best way to get a hold of you, uh, Dr. Abdullah? Um, so uh, y'all can uh, email me at that at that website that you're showing. Uh, you guys can call that number that shows on the website. And uh, our office number that you're showing also receives text messages. So if, you got, if somebody's at work, they can talk and they want to make it quick. They can just text us instead of uh, calling us. Um, we also have the, in the lower right, the chat box. Uh, someone will uh, get back to you in a couple of hours. And, uh, you know, that's that's how to reach us. Awesome. Dr. Abdullah, you've helped realize our goal today at Health Solutions of educating and empowering patients to take charge of their own health. So yes. I, really I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for being on and let's stay in touch. No, thank you very much for having me. Take All care. Right. Well, thank you listeners and viewers for tuning in to Health Solutions and stay tuned for Monday, our regularly scheduled at 1230 to 1.30 Pacific Standard Time. Um, we will be streaming live on uh, the Mose Lake Professional Pharmacy YouTube, um, Twitter, my Twitter site, my LinkedIn and uh, Facebook. So don't miss out and we will see you Monday, 1230 to 1.30 Pacific Standard Time. Thank you for listening.